Hey, Dad. Hey there. Hey, so I want to talk about something that's probably going to get a lot of people mad today. No. Um, <laughs> but I've seen this. Why not? I've seen this thing that we'll, yeah. we'll call it uh, cause more than a few problems. I've actually seen it be the downfall of churches, be the downfall of organizations. And Are we talking about the devil himself? It's the devil himself. We could call this the devil himself. I was thinking maybe. But uh, I want to talk about boards. And when I talk about boards, I mean church boards, groups of people that we pick to be in charge, to be the oversight, to be the directional leaders, to be seeking the Lord on behalf of the church or yeah. the organization, and then uh, you know trust their judgment. And I have just seen so many organizations go down the tube because of boards. Yeah. And now, first of all, I've been looking in the Bible, and I don't see anywhere in there any mention of a the word board. Yeah. Okay, there's talks about elders, there's talks about deacons. Yeah. But there's this board idea, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, where do we get this idea? I know the IRS, if you're in the United States, we have this horrible, the devil itself, called the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service. They're the conscience of this nation. Yeah, right. They aren't totally bad. Yeah, but who's the conscience of the conscience, right? (laughs) So uh, the Internal Revenue Service is our tax organization. They, uh, when you have a not-for-profit organization, they require a board. Right. Uh, So, like, I I have my own ministry board, um, and I have board members on it, and I love those board members. One of them sitting across from me, so that makes it easy. Uh, My dad is on the board of that. Dad runs two organizations, and they have a board, and then we're part of churches that have boards. Okay, but board ain't in the Bible. No. You kind of know my take on church boards, so I'd rather talk about surfboards. Can we talk about surfboards? (laughs) Yeah, so we've, I mean, I've been hanging out in the church 45 years. You've been there a lot longer than that. And we've just seen some horror stories. I'm yeah. sure if you're listening, you probably have too. And you go, man, our church was doing great. And then all of a sudden, it's just this church split and it's just such yeah. a mess. Yeah. A lot of times it's that the pastor's hearing God say one thing and the board's hearing God say something else. And possibly nobody's hearing from God, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. You know my take on boards. I, As you said, I have I have uh, well, actually three boards. We have a Canadian office as well that has a – we have a board, yeah, a separate right. board up there. Um and, I, and all the guys that are on it are great, but um, I have seen boards do the wrong thing. And you, you, boards, I don't see boards in the Bible anywhere. The closest you'd see in the Old Testament, I think, I mean, think about it. You, you God used a single person. You know, it wasn't Abraham on the board. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Joshua on the board. Even with Samson, you'd think, oh, he needed somebody with accountability. You know, accountability. That's the reason we have boards, accountability. Even with Samson, God didn't have accountability. But, okay, well, let's let's parse this out. Samson was a judge. He was brought in because there was no order. Right. Right. Yeah. But 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 usually... A founder. I mean, he was he was a last ditch effort in my mind. In my mind, <laughs> in my mind, the judges. I don't think in my mind, case. the judges were a last ditch effort. Right? God's desperate. God, no, it's like I gotta find somebody no, to pull us like, out of this mess. That's the way I see it. Is I always thought of the judges as like God was like, I'm gonna be your king, and then they're like, Well, we don't. They're like, you know, they wanted a king so bad, they didn't have a king. Uh, well, that's kind of at the end of the whole book of Judges. I mean, I, I, I mean that may be right, but the way I always look at it is like, okay, so the people repented. You know, there's that cycle of the Judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the people repented, so the Lord says, okay, I'm going to raise up a deliverer. Just like 
you know, Jesus. They were kind That's of That's what I'm saying. They're a last-ditch effort. They're like, all right, they're finally. <laughs> so Jesus was the, he was the last, last-ditch effort. Well, he was the one that resolved all the efforts. Well, he was yes. the last Adam, okay. Yes. When, when the second Adam, he was the last Adam. Yeah, so. Wait, maybe I have the theological high ground here, Dad. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just willing to, to acquiesce right. to youth is what so, I'm doing. And then let's go back to Moses. Moses, that's what got him in trouble, is he didn't have people to share the burden of leadership, which is when his, yes. his father-in-law Jethro goes, Moses, you right. can't keep doing this, brother. You got a son, whatever you called him, yeah. son-in-law. Uh, yeah. you, you've got to divide out this responsibility of making decisions, leadership decisions. Right. And that was the first time we see a board. No, no. What you see more there, that would be, that was what I was going to use as the closest example you'd find in the Old Testament. But in that case, it was more like a staff. Mm. And that they made, they helped him do what he was called to do. He was, what was happening? For they you were, he was, he was were making all the decisions. Anytime there was an argument between a family or a, a neighbor, they would have to come to Moses. And his father-in-law says, Moses, you can't handle all this because he'd be sitting there from sunup to sundown. So that's like the pastor who he's, he, he runs the youth program and then he goes and he teaches in the ladies Bible study and then he teaches the men's group. Which interestingly enough is what I've seen some church boards ask for. I've, I saw a job description the other day that said, here's what we're looking for in a pastor. We need a man to be in charge of women's ministry, men's ministry, <laughs> youth ministry, worship ministry, uh, praying for people in the hospital, yeah. small groups. And I'm like, what in the world? They're looking for Jesus himself. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the classic <laughs> where the, uh, Pastors paid to be good so the people can be good for nothing. That's right. Yeah, so they don't have to do anything. But but they came along to help him. And then if there was a difficult problem they couldn't resolve, they brought it to Moses. So it wasn't a matter of them telling Moses how to run the show. Right, okay. It was a matter of them supporting Moses in that role. And that's where a good board comes in. That's what a board should be is to support the person that's at leadership. So there was still a figure like the leader, right? The the buck stops here, yeah. But then the board comes, or the 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 guys that come in under Moses were there to help carry the yeah. burden of the leadership. So you're saying a proper board is not a directional organization; they're a supportive organization, right? Biblically, almost you'd use the term uh, what's consulting advisory, almost advisory. Now there, do, you know, everybody can whack out, so there there does need to be some authority in that board. Typically, the way I've seen it structured is not like a typical hierarchical structure where you've got the pastor and then the board under him, or the board with the pastor under him. But the pastor being one on the board, if you and you do have now, that's not very democratic. Well, it's not, and that's where we get into trouble is because we think the church should be democratic. Yeah, I was gonna say that's where we're gonna lose a lot of people. I think in this because yeah. people are like, well, aren't we supposed to all have a vote and a de- now, democratic vote? And so that you never see, and you see biblically, God never intended for there to be a democratic. It was no. going to be a theocracy, which is him yeah. in charge and everybody, <laughs> that's yeah, it, everybody and, else and not. the priesthood under him, which is, yeah. so the biblical order would be God is the head of the church. He assigns pastors and overseers, and then those overseers bring in, they choose, like in first, was it First Timothy where it talks about what, what an overseer, the standards are of an overseer. I think we did another podcast about that. Like, what are the standards for a good overseer? Right. Uh-huh. Um, and those are the overseers that are supposed to support the vision that, in theory, the pastor has downloaded directly from the mind of God and, and how to lead <laughs> yeah. this church, right? Yeah. Well, and the thing with a democracy is typically in the scripture, you see the, the majority was wrong. The majority wanted to go back to Egypt. The That's majority in- didn't want to go into the promised land. Interesting, because I just read, I'm, I just downloaded a book called The Wisdom of Crowds, and I'm like, I'm curious where this guy's going to go, because usually the majority is wrong. Yeah, The Wisdom of Crowds. It, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I don't know where he's going to go with it. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. 
So democracy, and that's where I think we get into a lot of trouble. When you have a democratic form of government, you're setting yourself up for flaws, for for problems. I mean, specifically for, within the church. Yeah, within the church, because it's church. supposed yeah. to be governed in a different format than the world. Yeah, and and I, actually, as far as even in the gov- in the U.S. or as far as form of government goes, I would tend to agree with. Uh, I think it was Winston Churchill said, "Democracy is the worst form of government there is, uh, except for all the others." Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of. So let me let me play the board's advocate. I mean, the devil's advocate. Um, let, me play, let me play the board devil's advocate. Uh, you see a lot of pastors that have fallen recently, yeah. right? And um, people would argue that was because the board didn't have enough hand and say in the church. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, um, you know, you think of these top-down organizations where there's a figurehead right. megastar mega yeah. pastor, and they're like, well, if the board would have been more, well, that'd be thinking about Mark Driscoll, right? Okay. Uh, you listen to that podcast. There was a podcast, uh, "The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill," and and they basically always say it was a cult of personality. Nobody had the guts to stand up to this leader, mm-hmm. and they say if we'd had a stronger board, this never would have happened. Yeah, and but if they'd had a stronger board, the church may have never become what it was either. You know, I here's the problem, and I think you mentioned it at the start. It's who's on the board, and the problem that a problem that we have is the people that we pick are people who typically are not in full-time ministry. Okay, so they spend 40 hours a week selling cars or roofing houses or plumbing and doing Wait, whatever they do. Which is, a, I mean, it's a, that's their calling, Nothing wrong right? with that. That's yeah, they're calling. doing what they're called to do. Yeah. But then they're asked to come in one, one hour a week or one hour a month or whatever and make spiritual decisions. Right. And that's like asking me, okay, I've spent, I've spent days on a plane. I mean, you put it all together, I've probably spent weeks on a plane. So I should be able to pull up into the cockpit and know how to fly this thing because I've spent a lot of time on a plane. Give advice to the captain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's nothing like that. You know, it's even funny because I had spent 14 years in a, as an associate pastor before I became a senior pastor. And I thought I knew what it was like. And all of a sudden when I get in, it was like a whole other animal. <laughs> it's not like just stepping up and taking on a few other responsibilities. It's a whole different animal. It's like being a flight attendant versus being the pilot. Right. And when you're in, we're in charge of the, the the future and life and death of the organization. Yeah, I know how this happens. I know how that happens, but I don't know anything about the cockpit. Okay, so now this is an interesting thing because the general, I've read a bunch of books about how to structure boards, and they say you want a diversity of backgrounds. You want a medical doctor. You want a lawyer. You want a finance expert. You want a this and that. And so a lot of church boards have been built around that idea. Yeah, of, I think that's foolish. I think that's foolish. You can hire those people because you're wanting them to consult. Particularly, somebody told me this. They said, you never want a doctor on your board because he's used to making life and death decisions instantly and expecting everybody to snap to whatever he says. Mm. That's just what he's programmed for. You've got to kind of be that kind of personality, you know, where I make the decision here. And what does a doctor know about running a church? Surgeons, especially. I've heard that about surgeons. They're just, they think they're God, right? I don't know. I, I love, know. I love surgeons. I know a couple yeah. surgeons. Yeah. They're pretty good guys. Uh, but the, no, that's but, what nurses tell I me. They're like, they're like the worst people to work with in a hospital are surgeons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the point is, here's, here's what I think works well. And I've seen a few churches that have structured themselves like this. Find other fivefold ministry. And by that, what I mean is five or four. Ephesians four talks about, it lists five, yay, four, yay, five, whatever. Mm-hmm. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers and pastors teachers is probably one um find people who have this gifting it's a it's a different word than the charisma gifts uh it's a gifting from the lord for leadership in the church 
And basically, it's people who have insight into how people work, into how organizations work, into how people work together, into how God works. Yeah. How does God work with people, and how do people work together in the church? Which, let's let's break that down for a second, because um, I didn't, under, I mean, I, I'm 40-something years old. I didn't, I always thought everyone had one of those giftings, but I've been realizing lately, no, there are certain people that really do have a specific yeah. In some ways, they require a, le- a little less spiritual maintenance. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's not a popular thing to think because we all want to think. You know, we've all got a, and we all have something to bring to the church, no doubt. Exactly, we all yeah. have something to bring to an organization, no doubt. Right, but there are certain people who, for specifically for ministry type organizations. Um, and we need to qualify that here with this: the board thing we're talking about is church boards, ministry right, boards, exactly. uh, not for profits that are ministry based. Uh, the people that have this special calling to kind of support the church body through a gifting of prophecy, evangelism, uh, those five full gifts. Yeah. And you have one of those you kind of lean towards, right? I, yeah. had, I had a guy one time, that young guy, just gotten out of Bible school, and he said, I have the five-fold calling on my life. And I was like, what? And he's like, all five callings. I'm just like, call me Jesus. Yeah, he, he's not in ministry anymore. But uh, yeah. I don't know what happened to his five-fold calling. But anyway. They folded in gold. Yeah, so, so you're saying you're saying those are the people that yeah. are probably, which is what Timothy, in, in First yeah. Timothy, yeah. Paul is saying to Timothy, here are the people that you're going to, like, to be a leader, you need to have these things. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, if you're looking for the lawyer and the doctor and the accountant and all that stuff, that's great if you're running a business. Mm-hmm. You, they have gifts and talents and skills for that. You know, the doctor, a lot of them are self-employed, as it were, running their own organization, you know, having to run with staff and things. Now, now that doesn't preclude, I mean, you could have a doctor that has a five-full calling. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that would be the right person. But yeah. but just because they're a doctor or just because they went to law school, it doesn't necessarily mean they need to be on your church board. No, no, not at all. I think, again, you're looking for people that, again, people who are have that calling and that gifting and that understanding. And you can kind of tell those because there are certain folks that it doesn't matter what they're doing for a profession. Yeah. They're ministers. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're shepherds, they're leaders. They're, uh, you know, it, it's like with me when I got, when I got saved, when I met the Lord, I was like a senior in high school and I want to do something right away. And when I went to first church, I was at I was in the military. What can I do? I mean, every time I was at a church within a month, I'm doing something. I'm just going to do, and I thought everybody felt that way. And later I realized they're not. You know, I was talking to a lady one time and I said, and we were looking at some guy that was just really struggling. I said, man, when you see somebody like that, doesn't that just break your heart, make you want to do something to help him? And she looked at him and she says, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're a Christian. You're supposed to at least say yes, whether you do or not. Like, no, it just didn't touch your heart at all, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you find people who have that gifting and that under, that that gifting, that calling, and then you because again in the new testament everybody looks at okay it's a board of elders but you see you're talking a whole nother animal in the new testament the church uh because today you're not just asked to shepherd the people but you got to run a business meeting mm-hmm. you've got to balance the books you've got to make sure that the building the roof doesn't leak the nature of the beast we've created and in, in, yeah yeah and now if you can find somebody who can come along, get your get that administrative person, get that person who's a business person to help with that to where all you can. In the New Testament, you see it this way, where um, they were having the, the first, one of the first problems in the church was, uh, oh, the Greeks felt like their widows were being mistreated. They weren't getting their equal share of care that the Jewish widows were getting, and so they're complaining. And and the, the apostles could have said, well, you know, we're, we'll take care of this, you know. But they said, no, 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 you guys just pick yourself some people to handle that. That would be like the 
the church finance committee. You guys handle the money. You guys handle the funds so that we can give ourselves to prayer and to teaching the word. Mm-hmm. I see that that hardly would work today, especially in a small church. Mm-hmm. Well, because the pastor's got to write the checks. He's got to balance the books. He's got to, you know, keep all the things, you know, keep the church grounds mowed and all that stuff. So, so we've created a, an, a a conglomerate that's kind of a business as well as church. Which is where it gets tricky. Yeah. So let's bring this up here um, as we're, as we're resolving this, tying a bow on it. We'll have it all figured out here in four minutes. Um, what, what do we say to, what would you say to a pastor who's found himself in a situation where he's like, he kind of agrees with what we're saying, but he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm part of this church, it's an 80 year old Baptist church. It's mm-hmm. had this structure for 80 years. If I go messing with that, it's moving an ancient boundary stone. How do you navigate the, if you're in a messed up board system where it's like the board has always steered the ship and you're at yeah. the whims of the board, they could fire you if you try to mess with anything internally. Uh, how did the pastor or a leader navigate getting into it when they're in a situation like that? Very slowly, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I'd say is try to find yourself an unofficial board made up of ministers. You know, when, when last church I pastored there, I had two pastors in town that I had known for years that I trusted. And I said, would you guys be on my board? Mm-hmm. And the board that I had said, that's great. Let's have them on the so board. It's like an, an, a side board that you're yeah. creating, like an advisor board, say. Bring you on an advisory board, some pastors, some other fee- people who understand ministry, who understand how people work right. and understand how organizations work and just godly men who understand how the Lord works with people and go to them for counsel. And then work your way through it slowly. If there's any way you can modify your um, your your constitution and bylaws to where you can kind of bring them on in more of an official capacity, mm-hmm. go ahead and do that. If you can't, then just operate within it. Because the thing is, you may not be able to change the church, but you want to make sure the church doesn't destroy you. And so if you can have some men around you that are going to be there to support you and encourage you and give you godly wisdom in how this thing's – and men have been down the road a little further would be very helpful. Right. As they say, you know, been there, done that. Let me just show you how, how you can navigate that. So I would say gather around yourself some godly men. And if they're in the same town, that's awesome. I was blessed to have guys in the same town I knew that I could trust. If they have to be guys you're going to have to meet with on a Zoom meeting, then then do that. But reach out somehow to godly people, not just people who are higher up in your denomination or higher up in your abomination or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> But godly people, and they right. may, they may, you may have theological differences with them. Some of the guys I respect the most are guys I have huge theological differences with. They're not heretics; they're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm the heretic. But get godly wisdom from guys that have been down the road a ways and who can help you through that. Because then, if if the board does explode and blow up, and you find yourself out on the street, at least you're going to have some folks who can walk with you through it. Well, and then those would be guys too who would be optimal to step in like the, the church the situation where a pastor does yeah mess up uh the the, pl- the place i've seen where it's gone down best is when other ministers from I, other churches yeah. have been able to step in and help guide the church through it because you get so many internal politics whenever a pastor steps in you got power struggles within the church yeah. but if it's somebody who's got no skin in the game other than making sure the church is able to thrive the best the, the, when I've seen a church tank like that because of a pastor, the the ones where they've really been able to thrive and can keep some continuity is when they've brought in a a pastor board from the outside that have said, yeah. "Let us help you navigate this." So it's not just the most powerful, power hungry, or power monger in the yeah. uh, in the board that takes over and then the church makes horrible decisions. Yeah, I think that's the ideal structure because again, it is more biblical. You're talking about elders. And we try to raise up people within the church who just happen to go there to be elders mm-hmm. instead of 
finding people that actually have an elder calling on their life. And so if you can do that and find people from outside who can have input and be involved before there's a problem so that they know that the players, if a problem does happen, that's the best structure for accountability. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, check out joellemalm.com. And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.